0: Good morning, New Life family, my name is Nathan, uh, and just as Chris said, um, we, my wife and I embarked on an incredible journey uh, starting in January of this year, and we are natives of Henderson County, and um, I'm what you call one of those kind of late bloomers, uh, spiritually. I was one of those that went to church for about 10 years, uh, thought I was saved um, because I prayed a prayer when I was little, and um, come to find out I wasn't. And that was about 10 years ago when I truly came to Christ and surrendered to His Lordship and started my best on a journey to try to start following Jesus as best I could. And at that time, I was in the corporate world, um, and then just through a series of just miraculous events, um, through mission trips to Haiti and Africa, uh, and then later on into Asia, God boldly and clearly told me, Nathan, listen, all I want you to do from now on is share the love of Christ with everyone. And so that's what we've been doing. And so in February, we started Hendersonville Church. And it's cool, I met Chris, pastors Chris and Rodney, through a mutual friend, some of you may know him, his name's Steve Harris. And Steve thought that our philosophies were were really closely aligned, which is important if, if churches are gonna partner. And so through some extensive interviews with, uh, with Chris and Rodney, and I can tell you, um, they are very intent on being the best stewards possible with God's money, because they wanna make sure whatever monies are spent here at New Life Community Church, it goes to proclaim the good news of Jesus to those who need it, to help people find and follow Jesus. And so we went through some interviews, we prayed, we prayed some more, and so we entered into a partnership, probably back in April, and so part of your giving is enabling a church in Hendersonville, North Carolina, to reach those who don't yet know the good news about Jesus. We've already baptized two people into our family, and we're just, we're just having some incredible fruit from God. And so we're so grateful for that. Um, we are actually, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Hendersonville, but there's this old, nasty, run-down skating rink that's on Spartanburg Highway, almost right in the middle of Hendersonville. Well, let me tell you something. It's not old and run-down anymore. It's completely being transformed into what we're calling a mission. And one of the things, and the reason we, um, reason we partner with New Life is because, again, we want to do whatever it takes to reach those with the news of Jesus, and so the floor plan that went into that was, was actually determined by interviews we had with various nonprofits in the community saying, hey, what do you need in Southern Henderson County? If you could build brick and mortar, what would it be? And so we got answers like day visit clinics, counseling center, uh, during school and after school daycare for at-risk kids, and we said, hey, wh- what does that square footage need to look like? And they told us, and, and that's what we've built in Hendersonville. And so the cool thing is we're gonna be able to do a ton of ministry Monday through Friday because here's what New Life and Hendersonville Church both believe. The local church living and teaching the truths of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And so we wanna make sure that we can do whatever we can to love God and love others and make disciples. And so I just wanna say on behalf of Hendersonville Church and our leadership team and our congregation, thank you so much for your faithful giving to new life, Because of you, we're able to start this awesome journey that I'm sure, hey, we've already had some mountaintops and some valley moments, and that's church, isn't it? And so today, I wanna talk about a story that I think helps us understand several things about God, that helps us understand kinda who Jesus is and what Jesus is able to do with anyone. And I wanna start out with this question. And lean in, maybe put your coffee down, lean in and listen to me here. Is God using you? Is God using you? And really based on your answer to me, I would either say why or how? Because if your answer is yes, I'd say, okay, great, how's he using you? And if you were to say no, I'd have to ask why. Because if we're followers of Jesus, We're gonna love those that are unlovable. We're gonna go to the despised. We're gonna go to the rejected. We're gonna go to those who don't necessarily agree with us politically. Oops, I just said it. And we're gonna love them. That's what Jesus did, and that's what Jesus commands us to do. And so I wanna talk about a story. If you've you've got your Bibles, go ahead and, and break them open to Mark chapter five. That's where we're gonna spend the first 20 verses. And we're going to talk about a demon-possessed man. And before I get into the scripture, I want to kind of set up the context because it's important. So Jesus has spent all day teaching. And he's teaching so many people. He's literally on a beach trying to teach people that morning. And there's so many people that get around him. He's got to get on a boat. He's got to get on a boat and talk to just a multitude of people. And so when that happens, he has to be tired. He's doing that. And the Bible says, along about dusk, Jesus says to his disciples, and some of these guys, listen, some of his closest followers were like professional fishermen. So they knew the sea. They knew what was going on. He said, hey, let's go to the other side. Now, Bible doesn't say, but I have to imagine they're looking at each other and say, what's this dude thinking? we don't need to be selling at night going to the other side. This is going to take forever. I'm already tired. I'm hungry. Man, what's Jesus thinking? But okay, let's go. Well, then an enormous storm comes up, and Jesus is so tired. He's so wore out. Because the one thing you got to remember about Jesus, it's not like he's Clark Kent in the Superman outfit. Jesus was 100% God, but 100% human as well. He was wore out from teaching all day. And so he's asleep in the boat, and, the, and his, his followers come to him and say, Man, "Teacher, do you not care that we die? This is a terrible storm we're in." And so Jesus gets up and he says, "Wind, seas, calm down!" Boom. And the disciples are like, "Oh my goodness, who is this that even the weather listens to him?" It'd be nice if we could have talked to the weather past 24 hours, wouldn't it, to calm it down? But it's it's remarkable. Everything that happens before they get to the scene. And so they're getting ready to get out of the boat and they're they're getting ready. And again, the followers of Jesus that are in the boat with them, they probably have no idea why they went there. And so we pick up in Mark 5 and we're gonna go through the first six verses initially. And it says this, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately, immediately, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but, when he, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Now chapter five's pitiful. Th- th- guy is pitiful. This guy's pitiful. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. I, when I read that verse, I almost think to myself, because I have to deal, I have to counsel people sometimes that, that engage in self hurt because they don't understand their worth in Christ and they don't understand how much God loves them. This man was absolutely pitiful. The only interaction he had with other humans were those trying to bind him in shackles and chains. And when he saw Jesus <laughs> from afar he ran and fell down before him. And so what what's what's interesting about this is the whole the, the whole concept of immediately Jesus gets out of this boat and you know one thing we got to remember and this isn't a popular subject taught in churches but demonic activity is real. I can't completely explain it, but I know one thing. It is absolutely real. And the Bible says that our enemies, as much as we would like it to be humans, they're not. The Bible calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. And so these demons were possessing this guy, and he was absolutely pitiful. And so here's the thing. I've always wondered... And and Mark answers it in the very next section of Scripture. Why did he run to Jesus and fall down before him immediately? And so verse 7, he says this. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjourn you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And so here's, what's, here's what I can't believe. So basically what that means is when they were getting close to shore, Jesus must have been able to realize that this poor man was demon-possessed. And so Jesus was saying, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And so the demons are terrified with Jesus and they beg Jesus not to destroy him. That's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God that performs miracles, We serve a God that tells the weather what to do. And we serve a God that the demons are terrified of. You know, there's an old saying by a modern uh, history pastor named Charles Spurgeon. And he said it this way. He said, Satan trembles when even the weakest of saints gets on his knees. When we start praying to God, things start happening. And Jesus here shows just who he is. The demons realize it immediately who Jesus is, and they adjourn him by God, do not torment me. And then Jesus asked, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, here's the, here's the neat thing. Did you notice how he went from the singular to the plural? He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. There's this almost ping pong effect of going from the singular to the plural. It's like this man is trying so hard. He's trying so hard to be able to, to get these demons out of himself. And so sometimes he says, me, and then sometimes the demons are talking, and it says, we. And he's going through this inner struggle. So my question is, is it, do you find yourself in some sort of a similar situation? Do you find yourself maybe struggling with, with looking at something on the screen at night that you cannot stop? Do you find yourself turning to some sort of a, of a drug or, or to alcohol as a way to cope with a certain situation? I mean, it's no secret. COVID-19 has wrecked havoc on families. I'm sure these pastors are in the same boat as I am. People are so depressed. They're so anxious. And as a result, they're trying to turn to anything they can to try to cope with what we're dealing with in society right now. Stress is at an all-time high. Th- th- this man was literally, his mind was getting divided. And I just, I just wanna say this, if you feel you're there, please, please reach out to New Life. You've got some of the most qualified pastors here that can help you, and if, listen, if they can't, they've got the counseling services that can. We wanna get you the help that you need to make your mind and your spirit as strong as you possibly can so you will be used by God. It's crucially important. So if you feel that way, that, that's okay. I myself, a year and a half ago, I struggled with severe PTSD and depression. And I got counseling. And my mind is so much stronger than what it was. Because the enemy loves those, to put those lies in your brain about because of your past, you can't do this, or because of what you're looking at, you can't do this, and God can't use you. Listen, God can redeem anybody. We're getting ready to see the beautiful ending of this story. But if that's where you are, don't hesitate. Reach out to New Life, please. Get help, there's nothing wrong with it. It, it, it really upsets me where people think that mental illness is some sort of a stigma. You know, if I had a broke leg, no one would expect me to run a marathon. The the, the same's true with our minds. If you feel like you're at your wit's end and you feel like you have no hope and you're anxious or you're having negative thoughts, you need to reach out to one of us. Please, doing life alone is deadly. And this demoniac, this guy was alone. And that's how he was able to be tormented night and day and he was even cutting on himself. And so it's, a, it's just a pitiful sight. Now, here's the thing. So that, he asked him um, what his name is. And he says, Jesus says, ask him in verse nine, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they, meaning the demons, begged him saying, send us into the pigs. Let us enter them. So Jesus, says right here, gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned. So the funny thing is, Jesus gives them exactly what they ask for. What we've got to understand is if we're going to be stubborn and if we're going to constantly look inward, sometimes God gives us what we ask for. And sometimes that's not a good thing. We've got to be in the word of God and be praying to God to change our hearts, to match his, so we're asking things in accordance with the will of God. Because if we if we look at our own selfish desires and what we want, God may grant it. And maybe you're sitting there and you're praying, God, I need a job. God, I'm I'm lonely. God, I'm tired of being single. God, I've got this child who is so rebellious and I can't get him or her to come back home or come back to church. I, I don't discount any of that, I don't. But here's what I do know. God is sovereign, which means he's all powerful And God is providential, which means he works all things out. So the biggest area where you can make those situations improve is spend time with God and get involved with the local church. Because when you start getting involved with a local church like New Life, that's where life change starts to happen. And those valleys, you may still continue to walk through those valleys, but they're going to be a lot easier to walk through when you're not doing it alone. So... What happens next? So the herdsmen are there, and listen what they do. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what, what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed. Now, let's just pause for a moment. Clothed. Where do you think he got those clothes? I mean, they certainly wouldn't have been in the mountains, the herzman certainly wouldn't have given them to him. My, my guess, and again, Scripture's not 100% clear on it, but my guess is Jesus' followers had clothes and they gave them to him. Church, if we're truly gonna call ourselves followers of Jesus, we have got to understand that we've gotta start giving to those in need. And that's why this month at New Life is so important because we're, we're con- they're constantly looking at ways to build the kingdom. And there's no better way to build the kingdom than to plant local churches. You wanna help people far off? You wanna help proclaim the message of the good news of Christ? Plant churches. And that's what New Life is about. But then they've got tons of local partners here So I just find it interesting that he's fully clothed, which meant one of the followers of Jesus, more than likely, had to give him the clothes. So it says, clothing in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened, the demon-possessed man and the pig. So the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the city. They came back. This man who was demon-possessed, cutting himself, breaking chains, shackles, everything else, he's sane, he's clothed, and he's in his right mind. So what do you think their reaction would be? I I would think that my reaction would be, man, this Jesus is legit. We need him to stay here, and we need him to help us and heal our people, because guaranteed, they've probably heard about this man, because it already said that his word was traveling all throughout the country about him. So I would, I would think that my, my natural reaction would have been, man, why don't you stay with us? Well, that's, that's not what it is. Look at, look at verse 17. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. Now, why did they want that? Now, this is something I'm just going to tell you. I'm gonna get a little bit hard on all of us right now. Why did they want that? And if you go and you look at some of the other gospels, and basically there's, there's just, for some of you, maybe you don't know, but there's what we call four gospels in, the, in our Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and basically what those are are biographies of Jesus. They're, they're first hand accounts of the dealings and the miracles and the conversations that Jesus had with various people. And so if you look at other ones, you, you kind of hear about, some of what they say, but, but here, here's the problem. Those herdsmen, they were fine with that poor demon-possessed man being up in the mountains because he wasn't bothering them. But they wanted those pigs to earn money. So they were upset. So how often do you hear church people saying, don't disturb my comfort? You know, it's obviously, it's no, it's no doubt. It's, it's, been, it's been a tough Seven, eight months. It's been tough. This whole COVID thing's about to drive all of us banana crackers. Banana crackers a thing, you can look it up. But, you know, how many times do we want to be comfortable? You know, it's funny, I, we're, you know, we're, we're renovating that building. Right now we're meeting in a packing house. And matter of fact, as soon as I leave here, I'm going back over there at Upward Road um, to, to preach over there. And we're in a packing house. So when I preach, I'm probably gonna have a powder of tomatoes on this side and a powder of peppers on this side. And it's kind of open air. It's actually kind of a cool place. Part of me's scared. Part of me is scared to get into the new building. You know why? Because then we'll have coffee. We'll have a cafe team. We'll have a nice auditorium. We'll have a nice sound system. We'll have a nice bathrooms. We'll have all these nice things. And we'll want to get comfortable. I'm just going to say it. If you're comfortable doing ministry, you're, you're not doing it right. You're not. And that's what the problem was with these herdsmen and why they asked Jesus to leave. And they didn't want to disturb their possessions. And it seems like the older people get, the more they want to hold on to their possessions. And I just, it, it, it's crazy. Or they're like, don't disturb my religion. We like it this way or we like it that way. Listen, to reach people no one's reaching, you gotta do things no one else is doing. And at the top of that list is getting uncomfortable. You've got to be willing to sacrifice because it is a natural bent for all of us to want to maintain our comfort, especially in the Western church, especially in America, and I wanna say it, especially in the South. It is a huge desire of us to want to maintain our comfort. And a lot of people are like, you know, don't let unpleasant subjects disturb my religion. I mean, when 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 you start back, when new life starts back in three weeks, what what happens if homeless people come in here? What what happens if 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 someone that's that's struggling with addictions comes in here? And this is what I tell my congregation: look, if someone doesn't know Jesus, they have every right to act like it. Our job is to love them in their mess, because here's the thing, if you're a true follower of Jesus, God loved you in your mess. And so we have got to get out of our comfort zone and understand that the times are short, the stakes are high. We have got to get out of our comfort zone and reach those far from God. The, 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 times, the time's now. And so here's the thing, it would be much less disturbing for myself or Pastor Chris or one of these other pastors to get up here and preach rich, theological, beautiful things about God. And sometimes that's, that is preached. But what about when we start preaching about the human need and the challenges of us getting out and doing life with those that aren't like us? You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they, and they asked me, um, Nathan, are you gonna have adult Sunday school on, on Sundays? And I said, no, we're not. You know, at some point, I hope we have like an, a, an earlier service and a later service, probably 9-11. And I said, I, I want the adults to serve one service and then come to worship one service and then have life groups in, in the homes. And the gentleman said, well, I, I really, where I go, I really like my Sunday school class. And I said, let me, can I just, can I just tell you what I think you're, you're getting at? I said, y, you and your wife, you, you get up. You put on your clothes, you go to Sunday school with about 20 other people that look like you, act like you, think like you, have the same socioeconomic background as you, you fellowship, then you go from there, you go into a big room, listen to some guy tell you some great things about God, and then you walk out and you've got this big old spiritual checkbox and you check it off for the week. Here's the only problem, that's not found anywhere in scripture, there's 168 hours in a week and that's, Church church is going out here and helping and finding lost people, people who don't yet know Jesus Christ as the forgiver of their sins and the Lord of their life and loving them in their mess and introducing them to the real Jesus. That's church. And so it, it, here's another thing we gotta remember. It's not necessarily what Jesus said about God that got him in trouble. It's what Jesus said about the human need and the human predicament that got him in trouble with the religious elite. I mean, when you think about it. And so I just feel like sometimes people are more, are fonder of church committees than they are of housework. Or they're more fonder of Bible studies than they are of getting out and truly helping people that are nothing like them. We have got to learn to get uncomfortable. And so here's the thing, when they begged Jesus to leave, what'd he do? Well, verse 18 tells us as he was getting in the boat, Jesus said, okay, I'll give you what you asked for. Again, he gave these people exactly what they asked for. Now listen to what the, what the man did. The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. Now, he, here, here's the thing. Th- this guy, we don't know exactly how long he was in this state. We don't know. But we know it was for a while because it talked about past things that had happened. So it's safe to say it was for an extended period of time. Can you imagine the indebtedness that he felt towards Jesus? Can you imagine what he felt that he owed Jesus? And here's the, here's the thing, what Jesus did for him pales in comparison to what he did for you and me on the cross. Because we serve a holy God who is set apart, who can be nowhere around this thing called sin. And we are all, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so Jesus came down and he literally granted us eternal salvation. So that anyone who believes in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and they confess with their mouth that God raised Him from the dead, they will be saved. Now that heart belief is a lot more than just those two words. It's a lot more. It's that conviction. It's knowing that you're apart from God and you have to have Jesus as the only way to the Father in heaven. But what Jesus did for us pales in comparison to this guy. And I just think sometimes we miss that. But you can imagine why this guy wants to go with him. Here's the crazy thing. Jesus honored the wish of the demons. They wanted to go into the pigs. Jesus honored the request of the herdsmen. They wanted Jesus to leave. He gets in a boat. This is the only request Jesus doesn't honor. Pick up in verse 19. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you and he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, we'll get to that in just a moment, how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. Now, I don't know what this guy's name was, but let's say it was Joe Bob, probably wasn't, but let's just say it was. They're like, man, can you believe poor Joe Bob? Man, he's over there, he's tearing chains, he's demon possessed, man, what's going on? And then here he comes, and you're like, man, Joe Bob, what, what happened? I met this guy named Jesus. Man, this is what he did for me. He had mercy on me. The number one way to help people understand who Jesus is is a radically transformed person and their personal story about what Jesus has done for them. When's the last time you have loved on someone and then told them the reason why is because of what Jesus has done for you? because that's how people really understand who the real Jesus is. I mean, people look at me and they're like, my goodness, Nathan, when I knew you in high school, I just, I cannot believe that, that, that you're a pastor now. I was actually outside the building, and, and one reason we love that building is because it's got, it's got about 800 to 900 people in Section 8 housing right behind it, in government-assisted housing. There's a homeless camp literally up in the woods behind us with a bunch of tents. And so we're, we're trying to pray through the best way to minister to those people. But I met this kid, come to find out, I went to high school with his uncle. And this is how God works. His name's Z. And I said, Z, man, you know, so you know Gerard McDaniel? He's like, yeah, man, I know him. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I, I'm trying to get them to come to our church because he couldn't believe it. He's like, you're a preacher now? I'm like, yeah. God, God listen, I'm just gonna tell you, if you knew my story. But if God can use me, he can use anybody. God can use you in a big way. This guy goes to Decapolis, which here's the, here's, the, here's the gravity behind that. Decapolis was like a 10 city area that was fundamentally Greek, fundamentally Greek, not Jewish. And so the Jews at the time for over a thousand years, God was only for the Jewish people. Jesus tells him to go to the Greeks. It's a beautiful foreshadowing of when Jesus started his mission. mission. Listen, this madman, almost every early church father, almost every theologian agrees that this madman is the first ever recorded missionary. The first one. Jesus took a madman. He met Jesus and he turned into a missionary. It's amazing. He was a living, walking, vivid, unanswerable demonstration of what Jesus does for people. Again, we're in a mess right now. I don't don't dispute anything of what we're in in society. But listen, regardless, Jesus is king. Regardless, the proof of Christ is a recreated human being. This guy was the first seed flowered in a beautiful Greek community, and a madman became a missionary. He told him what Jesus had done for him. He told him Jesus had mercy on him. Folks, listen, we've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to go to people who are nothing like us. We've got to go to people who don't look anything like us, who don't think like us, and we must love them. You know Jesus' followers thought he was Crazy when that madman, I mean, the guy was strong enough to wrench apart chains. That's the kind of Savior we serve. That's the kind of Savior. So here's the thing number one, I want to ask this question as we bring this message to a close Do you feel isolated? Do you feel like you're an outcast? Do you feel like your mind is literally getting divided and you're like, oh my goodness, you don't understand, I've lost my job, I've got got no paychecks coming in, I don't know how I'm gonna support my kids, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Listen, listen, I don't discount that. I don't belittle that. But here's what you gotta understand. The God of the universe loves you so much. He loves you so much. And what you've got to do is you've gotta get involved with the local church even more. And listen, that's not just watching this on Sunday morning and then doing a devotion. It's not, it's doing life together. Doing life alone is deadly. It's deadly. So at this time, I wanna go into a time of prayer because I started this message with, is God using you? And if your answer is yes, I wanna ask how? And if your answer is no, Let's ask why, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for what your words taught us today. And God, I can't imagine the joy, the peace that that man had when Jesus told those demons they could leave. God, he was changed. And God, here's the thing, he was just just changed because demons left him. God, when we come to Christ, God, we, we become eternally changed. God, your word says in Ephesians, God, that we become your work of art in Christ Jesus. God, we're masterpieces. God, if there's anyone that's listening right now, And God, they have a question about that. God, please let them get on their knees right now and beg you to touch their lives. And God, then give them the boldness to reach out to new life and tell them they've made that decision. That's the most important thing they can do, God. And if someone needs help, God, let them reach out. That's what the local church is here for. And I'm so glad, God, that through your providential power, God, you brought Hendersonville Church and New Life Community Church together, God, because together we're going to make an enormous difference for Western North Carolina and, God, consequently around the world. And, God, that's got nothing to do with us. That's got everything to do with you. And, God, we ask and we proclaim all these things in the mighty and the holy and the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.